Psalms to God, Season 3, Episode 2. How will it all end? You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such people as these. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5 through in ASB. Welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. This is your host, Ree, and today we're continuing this idea of common knowledge and things that exist across cultures. So we're going to talk about the end. I know, I know, most people would have started at the beginning uh, and worked their way to the end, but for some reason, my brain is not working like that, and I just decided to just skip right to the end. Like, let's just jump straight to the end. Um, And I think it's something that doesn't really surprise anyone that a lot of cultures have this concept of an end um, in common. We see this even in the media, even in Hollywood, there's always some kind of apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic movie, whether it's from zombies or alien invasions or just, you know, now it's common to have pandemic movies. Um, You know, it's, we, we see like, the finality of our life everywhere. And, you know, the world, I mean, everything in nature speaks to it, right? Just everything, like even like with the seasons, right? You, you start in spring, but you go to winter and everything's dead. And then there's like a rebirth and, you know, we see people die, people don't live forever. So everything about our world is, is mortal and has some sort of end. Um, So it makes sense that this concept appears in a lot of religious beliefs and a lot of cultures. So I wanted to dig into that and find out a little bit more about it. So that's where I started. Now, going into this, I wasn't sure exactly what I would find because even within Christianity, if you just go across denominations, even probably within the same denomination sometimes, you will find very different ideology about what the end looks like from a Christian standpoint. Um, It's definitely not the most pleasant thing to talk about. A lot of people don't like talking about the end. Um, And so a lot of people don't study prophecy. It's one of my favorite areas of the word, which may be why this is the first episode of the season um, or the second episode, first episode of actual content in the season. But 
it's something that I find fascinating, but I have noticed that a lot of people don't like to talk about it. So a lot of people don't study what's there. And so most people, myself included when I was younger, have a very shallow idea of what the end means. When I was growing up, the only thing I ever heard about the end from a Christian perspective was fire and brimstone. So I just thought fire and brimstone, like like fire will be raining from the sky or something like that. And that's all I really understood. I didn't understand anything else about prophecy or anything going into it. Um, And even as you get beyond that and people actually start reading and start finding the text, there's so much overlap, there's so much layering, there's so much um, symbolism and figurative language that it becomes very difficult to piece things together. You have people who believe that there will be literal beasts popping up out of the ocean and out of the land Um, And other people who recognize those as symbols and um, have interpretations for what those symbols mean. So then once you get into the interpretations, people have different interpretations of what those symbols are. Um, So it gets very, very messy very quickly. Uh, So you can't really say that everyone within the Christian faith even has the same concept of the end of the world. But there is a definite concept that there is an end. And there are a few things that are tied or tethered throughout these different interpretations and these different beliefs that I do want to point out before we really dive in, um, just so that we can have some sort of foundational starting point. And so I would say that most Christians will agree that the end deals with fire. There is some sort of fire involved (laughs) with the end. Um, there is definitely like, you know, the, the, the tribulation, we know that there will be suffering, that there will be pain, that there will be sickness and pestilence and famines, that there will be um, natural disasters like earthquakes and, uh, you know, volcanoes or whatever um, that is tied into this idea of the end times. And then, of course, there is this um this delineation that the character of man will be degraded, that you will have immoral people, that people will be very selfish, that they will be violent, that they will love evil. Um, you will have people who are arrogant, people who are, um, you know, more concerned with self, more concerned with money and greed, um, and that that's what mankind's persona will look like at that time there are several verses that back up these ideas and i think that um particularly um you know the verses that you can find in like matthew that where christ is talking about the end or verses that you can find in the new testament before revelation i think those are the ones that people will be familiar with um, because like i said some people are very scared to touch revelation So I think those may be some of the more commonality or common points um, within the Christian faith. Now, as you step away from Christianity, um, the next closest things, of course, are going to be within the Abrahamic religions. You have Judaism and you have um, Islam. And because they're all part of the Abrahamic tradition, they all, you know, there are similarities. There, of course, are differences as well, but... Um, You know, even in Islam, there is still this idea that the end will see Jesus returning. 
um, you know, with Judaism, of course, they do not recognize Jesus as the Messiah, but their end is marked by, you know, the Messiah showing up and this idea of the restoration of Israel and, um, you know, bringing all the nations into submission to God. So there, there are a lot of similarities in, you know, this, this concept. I think all three still have this idea of resurrecting the dead at this time and, um, a uniting of, of people who have believed and who have done the right thing, um, or like the reward for the good and things like that. And so that's, um, you know, one of the, I guess, more popular ideas because uh, between Christianity, Islam, and of course, Judaism, uh, the Abrahamic faiths make up, I guess, the most commonly, uh, I don't want to say accepted, um, if like if you did a poll and you found out what faith people were from, uh, the Abrahamic faiths are the most popular faiths across the world, particularly in the Western Hemisphere where I am. So these are probably the ideas that most people are familiar with. Um, but like I said, the whole idea of this podcast is to talk about how this permeates even outside of the Abrahamic faiths. So before we start talking about these other faiths and what they think about religion, I want to start out by mentioning time um, because some religions see time as linear and some see it as cyclical. So because I am from a Christian faith, um, I typically think of time as being linear. um, And that means that there was a definite beginning. And of course, we're moving towards an end. Um, so time is like a line segment where you have a, a, a beginning point and you have an end point and there is like some time connecting the beginning and the end. But there are a lot of faiths, particularly um, within the Eastern cultures, where time is considered cyclical and there are different types of cycles that happen. Um, you could call them ages or epochs or whatever you want to refer to them to. They have specific names in each culture or each religion where it's like there is a time, um, you know, there's maybe like um, this type of a period and these types of things happen during that period. And there is a time for that. And then that period will end. And then there will be another period. And then, you know, maybe another and you know, they may have two periods or six periods or seven or whatever, and they have time divided into these different stages. And then after it goes through those stages, it repeats kind of like how our seasons are, right? So we have four seasons, you have spring, summer, fall, and winter, but winter after winter comes spring again, right? Like you just keep, it's like a wheel that keeps going and going and going. And so a couple of the religions that I looked at and the belief systems that I looked like at have that type of a belief in time. So as we get into talking to each one, you will see that kind of a situation going on. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about when it pertains to beliefs about the end is actually not a religion at all, depending on how you define religion and depending on how you view certain things. Um, But I wanted to include it because it is something that we're all exposed to. um, And there's a lot to be said about the end in relation to this particular thing. And that 
is science. Guys, science. Science actually has a lot to say about the end of the world. Most apocalyptic movies are like sci-fi movies. Um, and there's a lot of discussion about it in the science community. I personally like astronomy. I like to study astronomy. So I've read a lot about how things could happen um, from a uh, astronomical type of a, a, a view. And so it's very interesting because those ideologies do, I mean, while the, the cause and the rationale of, 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 of how and why these things happen, um, they actually do kind of fit in along the lines of some of the things that show up in the religion. So um, most of you will be familiar with the concept of a supernova. Um, this is what happens to stars at the end of their lives. They explode. Um, it is commonly held that the sun will eventually grow into a red giant, at which point it will expand. Its gravity will um, pull in the earth. The earth will be incinerated. Again, fire, right? Um, that, you know, all life would, of course, die at some point during this time of this expansion. And then eventually the sun would collapse in on itself in a big explosion and our whole solar system would be destroyed, right? That's one way that science says would completely end our world. Now, another way that our world could end from a scientific point of view is from things in the heavens um, impacting the earth. So you have comets, asteroids, meteors, whatever. You have random debris that is floating along in the sky that could impact the earth. And if these things were to impact the earth, they would cause a massive crater for one, yes, but it would be like a massive explosion. Um, and of course, then the smoke from this explosion could blot out the sun and there, there could just be a lot of different ramifications that would cause death and famine and all kinds of issues on the earth that could annihilate humanity. So those are some of the more, I guess, dramatic things that could happen. Um, but then there are also things that could happen that are self-inflicted, right? Because there's this concept of randomization um, that comes from science where it's like, oh, you know, this is just how things go. It's a off chance situation or whatever but then um there's also still this idea that it's our fault that we cause our own suffering and so in that realm you have things like climate change right where people right now are trying to do things to prevent climate change or to slow climate change and so um, you could say that again the overheating of the planet melting of the polar ice caps um you know, uh, greedy usage of resources and misusage of resources. Um, if you watch any of the documentaries on Netflix about how we are polluting our planet, um, you know, you will see that people like companies dumping waste into our water, um, us polluting the ocean, all of these things are impacting our planet and of course could cause massive consequences for human life on the planet and so that's one way that the world could end from a scientific standpoint um, and then of course you have like war because apparently we as human beings are super violent and like to attack each other um, if there was ever a nuclear war we would definitely destroy ourselves 
Um, that's one of the fears that people have. I think that's also one of the reasons that World War III has not broken out um, because we are very aware that we could annihilate ourselves very quickly. So that is a lot of the scientific way that we could end up in an end of the world scenario. Now that we've gotten the science behind it or the science idea out of the way, let's look into uh, some different religions around the world and what they think. So the first religion we're going to look at is Hinduism. And Hinduism is one of those religions that has kind of this idea of um, cycles and like a cyclical view of time where, uh, you know, things will repeat themselves or periods will repeat themselves. Um, and forgive me in advance if I mispronounce any of these things because I'm not an expert on pronunciation, um, but Hinduism has this belief in what they call yuga cycles, and they have four of them. Um, and the entire concept behind these cycles is that mankind is descending from pure and purity into chaos, which again, you know, it's not that far off from the idea of starting in the garden where you're in a perfect state and then descending into madness at the apocalypse, right? There are similarities in the underlying belief system there. And one of the um, cycles, the final cycle is called Kali Yuga or something like that. And that is the cycle that we are believed to be in from a Hindu perspective. That is the fourth cycle where you're in the worst state, you're descending into absolute chaos and again, um, moral decay and um, people are, uh, you know, not at their best behavior. Um, And of course, their cycles are all Um, labeled with specific times. I don't remember the exact number of years that are supposed to be in each cycle, but they have so many years that are supposed to be in the cycle so they can say like this cycle starts here and ends here and, and, um, you know, all of these types of predictions. And so um, from their belief, I think this Kali Yuga, this final period of descending into chaos was supposed to have begun in about 3000 ish BC and it's supposed to end in some sort of cataclysm that is supposed to take you back to this first cycle um, which would have been a pure cycle and again like I said that's not that far off in terms of underlying beliefs of the Christian view of we start in Eden and then we descend into you know destruction and sinfulness and then at the end everything is destroyed and then recreated into a new garden of eden right it's still kind of this concept of going back to the stage of purity so that is what um hinduism believes in terms of where we are in time and where we're going in time now another religion that is also has this kind of cyclical view is um, Jainism. So 
Jainism has this idea that there are two cycles. Um, I I want to think there are sub cycles within the cycles, but essentially they have um, ascending time and descending time, and ascending and descending again still has to do with the morality and the positivity that's happening in the world. So the ascending time cycle is a time of good, a time of prosperity, a time of happiness. And the descending time cycle is about sorrow and pain um, and you know immorality. And so they have these two things. They're divided. Um, there are names for them. I will put those names in the show notes. I'm not even going to try um, to, to pronounce these because I will definitely butcher them. But um, we are said to be in that descending time cycle um, according to Jane belief. So again, everybody is recognizing that we're in some sort of state of moral decay um, and that we're obviously experiencing sorrow. You, you'd have to be blind to not look at the world and see that there's pain and suffering and sorrow happening, which is why pretty much everybody is putting us in this state of time where you know there is a decay. Um, and so um, from the Jane perspective again you have um a series of events or a series of uh you know things that happen within each of these time blocks and and once you know once we finish the descent you know it spins around and you end up back in this time of ascension um and i think again there is some sort of event or, or cataclysm that is supposed to mark the transition from one state to the other state. Okay, so I also want to take a step back and look at some of the beliefs that were around um, in Europe before Christianity, um, and also, I guess, during Christianity as Europe was being Christianized. Um, you had various different religious beliefs that were happening at that time as well. And one of those was that of the Norse um, people, which would be over near like Germany and stuff like that. And you guys are going to be really familiar kind of with this concept because it's, you know, heavily played upon in like the Marvel movies and Marvel world and the cinematic universe. Um, So you're going to know this word as soon as I say it, you're going to have heard it, but you may not know that it is in conjunction with Um, the Norse view of the end of the world, and that is Ragnarok, right? (laughs) Of course, there's a movie called Ragnarok, right? Um, But that was their idea of the end of the world. Ragnarok is essentially the same concept as Apocalypse or Armageddon or something like that, Um, and it means the fate of the gods. So in Norse ideology, um, there was this idea that there would be some sort of cataclysm that there would be um, all of these, you know, events and some of their gods, like, you know, of course, within that realm, you have like Loki and and Thor and, you know, all of this stuff. And um, some of them would die in this cataclysm, but some would survive. And there's this idea that the earth would be kind of like reborn and recreated. And in this recreation, there would be two human survivors and those human survivors along with whatever 
um, gods survive would be repopulating the planet. So again, this kind of concept of a reset and going back to the beginning, going back to the initial state of the world. Um, again, this idea of rebirth and um, rejuvenation um, is, is surrounded there. And of course, it's heralded by a period of unrest, a period of natural disasters and um, turmoil within our current state. Now, one of the marked differences between the concept of Ragnarok and, and the North's belief and the Christian belief is that they believed that the earth would be submerged in water. So that basically there would be this flood. Um, and of course, from a Christian perspective, we believe that God will not flood the earth again. That Yahweh has promised not to flood the earth. So that's one of the stark contrasts where Ragnarok deals with kind of like a water end and um, Christian ideology and of course science ideology has more of a fiery end to the world. This, But this concept is still there. Um, and I think it's, I found it very interesting that this concept of the earth being repopulated by two human beings, um, it really does take you back to this idea of the garden and Adam and Eve and, you know, only being two people. Um, so I found that interesting because I had never really looked at it from, um, you know, outside of like a Marvel movie. <laughs> um, I had never really paid that much attention to it. So I thought that was an interesting take on what will happen in the end. So if we keep going farther back in time um, before Christianity before you know the abrahamic religions really took off um there was this concept of zoroastrianism and this is uh, a predecessor of of judaism um where it is considered one of the first monotheistic religions to exist now i do want to insert here um because a lot of people get confused when you start talking about religions and ages of religions um, and, and that's kind of part of what I want to be bringing out in this series about common knowledge is that, um, you know, you had Adam and Eve and Judaism didn't start until, you know, basically uh, Jacob's sons of, of Israel. Um, but you had Abraham starting the Abrahamic religions, um, but he didn't just make up a religion all on his own, right? he was continuing something that he was already believing in. And when you read the story of Abraham, you see him interact with, um, you know, other people. There's a priest, um, the priest of Salem. There is, you know, Moses's father-in-law who believes in the same things later. There, there's just, there are other people worshiping the most high God. Um, and I wanted to point that out as I started talking about Zoroastrianism, because I want to point out that just because it predates Judaism doesn't really mean what people try to make it mean, if that makes any sense. Like all of these things are continuations of a belief that started with Adam and Eve and kept going from, you know, from my Christian point of view is that different religions have pieces of truth. Um, because they're all coming from the same starting point. And that's why I want to highlight these similar ideologies, these fundamental beliefs that we have in common that I think are basically what I'm calling common knowledge across cultures. That's 
what I want to throw in. But Zoroastrianism is still based heavily in this concept of a battle of good and evil, a resurrection of the dead, and um, this concept of the wicked being punished and permanently killed and things like that. So that was their belief, which, like I said, mirrors a lot of the Abrahamic faiths and the Abrahamic traditions. Um, there may actually be even more beliefs out there. I definitely did come across different things, especially if you start looking into like cult religions, like they've, they've already had a couple of like, you know, like you had like the mass suicide in Jonestown and you have people who are waiting for like a UFO to come take them and things like that. I, I didn't want to get into those too deeply, um, but they are out there. So I'm mentioning them because they do exist. But essentially, most cultures have some idea that there is going to be some sort of cataclysmic event. We're all in agreement that our world is in a state of moral decay. But we also all seem to have this belief that that's not just normal human nature um, and, and that there is something better. There is some sort of um, pure or holy or um, positive environment that could exist we all have this concept of like this eden like time or period or place that we're trying to get to and whether we have a belief that we're going to get there and stay in that state forever or whether we have an idea that we're going to get there and spend some time there and then descend again um it is slightly varying from religion to religion but there is that idea and even from our linear view in Christianity, it's it's not really the end end. It's it's more so the end of this time period. And we just don't have that much information about what happens after. Right. It's like, oh, we're going to go back into a state of of peace, a state of, of Eden. But we don't know what will happen next. And so I think it's interesting um, that we're all kind of pointing back towards Eden. And it's just some of us are saying, yeah, that's that's the end of our knowledge and other people are like, yeah, and then it's going to happen over and over again. Um, so I thought that was a very interesting thing to look into and to study. Um, and that it's been really fun just to see these different things and how they are similar at the core. Like I said, if you start getting into details, we're definitely going to have different ideologies, but um, that is pretty much all I have for today's episode. I hope that um, it has been enlightening and I encourage you to look deeper into it if you are interested. As always, I will put um, some information in the show notes and I will definitely write out some of these words that I have probably butchered um, and the words that I chose not to speak out loud because I know I'm going to butcher them. Um, I'll also try to put in some links for references from where I was studying about these things. And I hope you have a blessed week. I will see you again next week. And um, just to before we end the uh, episode, I do want to say if there is a topic that you are interested in hearing about or that you think is common across cultures and you want to hear me talk about it you can always feel free to message me you can reach me um, on the blog or on instagram uh, www.psalmstogod.com or at psalms underscore to underscore god on instagram and you can always leave me a message and i will try to find information on that and present that topic as well so 
like I said, have a good week. See you again. Bye.